this moment that we're in um, mm. you know mm. from my it, it feels different from from where i'm sitting and but, mm. but want to know what it what it feels like for you so can you maybe you know share your thoughts on on what's happening now your feelings mm. about it and uh, and the like you know, you know john if i had to put it um into a one one liner it's i've been waiting for this moment for 40 years so it's really the perfect storm most of it you could not predict you could not predict uh, a plague. You could not predict the COVID plague. Um, that's that's part of it. It's it's slowed people down. It's allowed people to kind of really uh, think about what does it mean to be human. What does it mean mortality? All that good stuff. I don't think we could have predicted Donald Trump, nor could he, being in the White House. And and I'm not a fan, but let me say, you know, some of his missteps have been. Um, uh, have been really key to getting people's attention. Um, you know, he does have a core of supporters. It doesn't matter what he does, but, but I think for thinking people, they're starting to wonder. Um, and then the other piece, obviously, is is the tragic murder of George Floyd. And, and more importantly, the response to the tragic murder of George Floyd. I mean, Black Lives Matter has gone on for a long, long time. I think the difference between today and what I would have seen when Black Lives Matter first started is I would have healing clearing calls just with black people. Um, you know, the last hearing clearing call I had was quarter white, quarter black, quarter everything. You know, it looked like the city of Toronto, which is you know supposed to be one of the most multicultural, multiracial cities in the world. So it's 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 a perfect storm to get serious about some of this stuff and 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 stop just kind of rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic so a little earlier on you you, you mentioned i think just before we started talking about the healing calls you yeah. said you know this that, that this is not a time for organizations to issue press releases right. um so what? you're obviously working with with a number you know you, you're working with them anyway in, around the field of dni or employers are responding to this what what are what, what are they coming what are they asking from you and and what how yeah. they're and, and what what are you what are you advising them in terms of, of what should an employer's response to the situation be in your take? yeah great question i'm i'm so i usually start with here's what not to do okay um and i've already talked about don't don't do sheep dip anti-bias training or pre pre-conscious bias training please don't do that you know where you said we're gonna send everybody to the train don't you know don't put 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 together the the, the press release saying oh you know woe is uh, anti-black racism don't um don't have someone speak on behalf of your black staff your black staff our yeah. black staff please don't do that i mean you know um um and, and, you know, I don't need folks to speak on my behalf. So I've got in, in um, um, organizations that are sending me things um, to come to these seminars so that I can understand black people. I've been black a long time. Like, I, I get it. Like, I think, I, I, you know, it's like I don't want to have some, I don't know, great some think tank organization say, well, here, let me introduce you to who black people are. And then don't start piecemeal. You know, there's going to be a lot of organizations say, we need now to have a black employee resource group. And it's like, really? So how, because George Floyd got, got, got shot, that you know, you've had the deathbed conversion? Like, look, 
people are not stupid. No people are. I mean, so so don't do those things. I would I would probably if 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 the people are companies are lost. They're very very lost right now, and they don't know what to do. The healing and the grieving part of it, if it's done properly. I mean, if it's done sincerely, is I think a very important piece. The window of opportunity that this is not just this group or this group, which is why, you know, I I, I don't hold myself as a diversity consultant anymore. That would have been back in the 80s where it's like, oh, well, this group over here and this group over in this. No, no. Like, uh, my, my kids don't think about groups. My daughter, Brianna, at one point, who is, what is she? She's quarter Indian, quarter white, half black. And she goes, so dad, like, which which box do I tick? I said, well, which box do you want? She goes, I don't want to tick a box. Don't tick it. Don't tick it. You know, that notion that that is like, okay, so you got to make it more human. What I would suggest you do, and happy to, is figure out where is your organization. So, um. There's a little scorecard. It's very quick. It's less than 10 questions. You can go online and you can get it done. And you just tick these questions. It gives you an idea on a scale of zero to five. Where where are where are we? When you know where you are, then you can figure out where where you want to be. Um, you know, I would start with that, and then I I would start with really if you're going to this is organizational change. Now it's organizational change with a little bit of juice to it, like. And uh, um, forgive the pun. People have skin in this, so it's not like okay, we're going to introduce a new um, uh, um, form of of, of of computer or or a new piece of software. People, people really, if you if you screw this up, you really um, could screw up uh, screw it up badly. So you, but you want to have an organizational change process. Um, I may have showed you that uh, there's a case study by a small, when I say small energy company uh, by Vectron, I think they were in Indiana, and they took four years to actually do the change. And they brought in, they did it in a way with their eyes wide open, where the sea level was engaged, and it was done as a, a, the proper organizational effectiveness, I think, and it was linked to a bottom line outcome. because. Huh. You know, if it's not linked to something like employee engagement or employee satisfaction or retention of best talent, why would you expect the CEO to be that interested in it? We're all altruistic to a certain extent, but when you have a recession, I mean, some of that stuff kind of gets pushed out the door um, a little bit, in my opinion. And I can be somewhat saccharine. I'm not saccharine. I'm sarcastic about this, but... I don't mean, I mean, the reason, the subtitle of the first book I wrote was The Business Case. The Business Case, link it to a business outcome. Because if you link it to a business outcome, there's going to be more sustainability. Doing it out of, you know, a corporate social responsibility, I want to not look good in the eyes of government, that doesn't hold, in my opinion. There, you know, and people talking about defunding the police, etc., and, and the sort of right. oh no, we can't do that. You right. know that, 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 that there's an alternative way to thinking about justice that Absolutely. maybe yeah. that is probably the, the the sort of best route out of this, right? I agree. And when I first went to to South Africa to see the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in action, because I couldn't believe the way it was described, 
I left there saying we would never have the guts to do this in North America. We do not have the guts to do this. And and so far, it, it appears that that's the case. Um, it does require, and this is why Mandela is my hero of heroes, that it does require a level of humility that is not available in the Western legal system, in my opinion. And don't forget, Mandela and, and, uh, and uh, I can't remember his name, the gentleman from um, the president from uh, Rwanda did the same thing. They went to Nuremberg. They said, so tell me about this Nuremberg system and, and, and how did you exactly work? And what if we use that to heal our nation? And they said, oh, it would take you 350 years. They said, well, we don't have 350 years. And it's like, okay, they came to America to under the American system, how long it would take 275 years. I don't have 275 years. So they, 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 it was a back to the future conversation. They went back to Ubuntu. They went back to Gokacha, which has existed again for, but it does require a level of courage that uh, so far we haven't seen in North America. That's my own, my own two cents. The Canadian, and I love Canada. I love Toronto. I've gone around the world. I've never, ever, ever thought of a place I'd leave that place here to go there. Uh, you know, in 1987, I think the United Nations called Toronto the first international city in the world because of the way we were changing from culture, race, language. So there's no doubt this is a very special place. We had uh, we had slavery that existed here because we were part of the British Commonwealth. When slavery was outlawed there, it was outlawed here. We, we It was economically not as good to have slaves here because we have six months of, of winter and, and you know those are high overhead costs, but, but we had it. So I have been in this country since 1964, came from our motherland, quote unquote, <laughs> Britain, born in Britain, came here in 1964 learned a lot about the Canadian system, didn't learn very much about my people, right? And so I had to learn it by third year university, got a book called The Freedom Seekers, got a map. In those days, we used maps. And I went through the index and wherever I found a city, Buxton, I would drive out to Buxton. And sure enough, there's some monument there about whatever, Marianne Shad or whatever. I had to teach myself black history. Now I could teach my kids but it's still not part of the curriculum. And I, and you know, when they talk about Black History Month, I'm, I'm kind of mixed. It's better to have it than not have it, but I would prefer not to have it. I would prefer to have history, Canadian history, incorporate Black, Indigenous, French, all of that history that somehow was left out of the books. And, and, and I was saying to you, look, I hated history when I was a kid because it's so damn boring. And some of this history is absolutely fascinating. I may be biased because I'm a black person, but it was a, to know about Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is in Ontario. Uncle Tom's Cabin, the book that started the Civil War in the United States, is in Ontario, for crying out. That's pretty juicy stuff. 